This is The Jolt with Larry Flick on Sirius XM OutQ. That is the current single by Fleur East. Oh my gosh, we love her. Remember when you heard her first in America right here on The Jolt. I'm Larry Flick, and this is The Jolt on Sirius XM OutQ. 38 past the hour, and Jonathan Groff is here. What's up? It's so good to see you. So good to see you. You look absolutely smashing, and your, and obviously your publicist knows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look at her. <laughs> look at her. <laughs> she is giving you glamour for your nerves. Fantastic. So He's good. Look, I love, and I love, I love making a nice person blush. It's my favorite thing, actually. <laughs> Jonathan Groff is here. You know, it's good to be Jonathan Groff. Um, you must. You, <laughs> You must have paid a lot of debt in your other life because every time you you just stepped in it. Back in the Bronx, we would say he stepped in it, stepped in it, stepped in it, stepped in it. Because he's had this remarkable career up to this point, and now he's starring in Oh What Hamilton, the show that is so big that it's become obnoxious. It's crazy, All right? People it was just nominated for a Grammy today. I know the album. Congratulations! Thank you. But it's one of those things. People come in, they're visiting from other places. <gasps> have you seen Hamilton? <gasps> It's like the catchphrase in New York. Yes. <laughs> so cool. So you were in, but then you left for a little while yeah. to film the big looking movie. Yeah. And we're not calling it the wrap up because we're hoping that people will watch the movie and get really excited and maybe it'll be more. Oh, great. Okay. Don't I you love think? That. I love that plan. Positivity. Because yes. you I know how much I love plan. looking. I know. I know. And it's I like, love you for that. I'm, a, I'm like emotionally deeply attached to looking. So I refuse to. I'm in denial that it's going away. <laughs> <laughs> and I so, think you'll like the movie. What? I think you're going to like yeah? it. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to pump you about that in a second. But, oh, shit. So you went back. He went back into Hamilton on the first. I went back into Hamilton on December 1st. Yeah, I just finished my first week back. And so how is that? It is great. It's great. Yeah? It, the, I, like, the thing that was the most uh, exciting about it was coming into the theater and seeing all of the like people. It's such a like lovely group of people. I joined the cast off-Broadway. Uh, Brian Darcy James was playing the role originally, and then right after they opened, he had to leave. So they asked me to step in for two months. So I thought I was only going to come in for two months off-Broadway and then... You know, I had no plan of moving with the show to Broadway. And then I shared a dressing room. Like, off-Broadway, like, everyone kind of shares the same, like, dressing room area. And so I shared a dressing room with the people in this cast. Mm -hmm. And they are so um, awesome. They're just, like, the coolest, most, like, friendly, lovely group of people. Uh, And so that was a huge part of the reason why I wanted to do the show on Broadway, because I love the people so much. And so coming back on Tuesday, it was great to, like, see everybody. And what have you been able to? Well, I'm sure by now you have. But before you took the break, yeah, had you been able to absorb what the show has come to mean to so many people? I mean, it has become a very rare thing in that it's a Broadway show that is a national obsession. Yeah, you know what was crazy? People, co- people, people come to New York to do Broadway run, you know, Broadway, you know, tours. Yeah, but people come to New York to see Hamilton. Right, right, just right. to see Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's. I can't remember the last time I saw a show that had that captured the country's imagination that way. I and it's it like when we were in it, when we were in previews, even after we opened, the cast recording didn't come out until like September, and people were before then. So like July, August, September, 
people would show up to the theater and the lights would go down in the house and they would start screaming. Mm. And I would, we would think like this, no, there's been no like performance of any number from the show. The music isn't really out there. People are just so excited because based on buzz alone, they don't even know what they're about to mm. see or hear. And people were like, ah! like screaming before it even began. That's amazing. And it's just like, it's so awesome that a show that doesn't have like celebrities in it, that's like an original piece that Lynn, you know, career, like wrote. It's just like that uh, an original piece of theater is generating that kind of excitement is so thrilling. It's funny because when I think of you, even though you've had all these big musical moments, I think of you as like a really serious. I don't think it, I, when I heard you were in, in Hamilton, I thought, oh, that's right. He sings. I keep forgetting you sing, even though he was, you know. Frozen. I mean, like one of the most iconic musicals now in history. Right. But it's so weird. It almost feels like you have two careers. Nice. I like do you, that. Do you? How do you view what you're doing? How do you view your 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 path so far? I guess uh, when I did Spring Awakening, it was sort of like every dream I ever had come true. Because when I moved to New York, all I wanted to do was be in a Broadway musical in any capacity. Mm -hmm. And so, and then after that, I sort of realized the the value and like my personal desire just to work with people that are great. And so that's sort of it. Like the medium, like whether it's TV, film, or stage, or whatever, I just want to work with people that are really great. And Lynn and Tommy are what sort of brought me into the Hamilton experience because I'd never, I knew them and was friends with them, but I never worked with them. And so that's what sort of brought me in. And then I kind of fell in love with the company who are also incredibly talented. So yeah, I just like try and work with people that I am inspired by. Do you wonder when your luck is going to run out? <laughs> uh, just because you, it's, I mean, I would be following you to see what numbers you're playing, you know, like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, you, you, I know, I've been lucky. You've, I mean, well, I mean... But As my dad it, always says But that. see, it's not... But see, I don't think it's luck, but I'm assuming that you do. Yeah, of course. Well, there's But so I many... don't think it has anything to do with luck. I think it's... You just... You're well, that think, good. I think luck is... You have good instincts. Thank you. Thank you. Um, luck is definitely a factor. You know, there's so many people in New York. There's so many... You know, when I first moved here, I was like number 373 on the audition sh sign up sheet for the national tour of the sound of music so it's like you know there's so many talented people here and so many people want to be working and so i feel lucky just to like have consistent work it's hard enough to do that as an actor you know how, how does it not how have you not have you managed to not let it screw you up you don't seem screwed up we haven't talked you long enough for you to really understand seem... how screwed up I am. <laughs> I come in here and talk for ten minutes. I know so my I goal is so my goal is to get you my goal is to get you alone for like right. a long interview one day soon because, yeah. because once you start dating me, then you understand all of the <laughs> that's gonna be really get complicated. And you'd be like, Now I get it. <laughs> You're so funny. It's Jonathan Groff joining us here. Um the jolt on Larry oh, Flick. Man. But so so um when you when you when you when you decide you're going to do something like Hamilton, even when you would decide to do it off Broadway, or you mm -hmm. decide you want to do whatever, um, particularly when it's musical, because now I'm, I'm in my mind I'm fusing your musical and your acting life, even though obviously it's been fused in your world, but as a viewer I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. um, are you choosing 
what did you what did you hear first in Hamilton? Did you hear the music first, or did you like the words? This was you... the crazy thing about Hamilton is for my in my experience is that Lynn and Tommy asked me to do it, and I just said yes without hearing anything, because I'd heard the show was great, and I loved them, and I wanted to, and it was two months, so it's like two months at the public, which is a theater that I love and it's a great theater, and have worked at before, and I was like yeah 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 two months at the public great with my friends fun awesome great. Then I got my song that within the you know the, my character the, the King George has like a song that he sort of repeats a couple times and I was like oh this is funny, but it's so different than the sound of the rest of the show, so I still had no sense of what the actual show sounded like. Then I sat down at the public theater in on a Friday. I I got to New York on a Friday, saw the show, and then I went in on Tuesday. And I was like oh the show is about to start, and then I saw the show and I was like, uncontrollably weeping from like the first ten minutes in. And I was like, I'm going to be in that? <laughs> what? I had no idea what I had said yes to until I saw it. And I feel so lucky to have seen it before being in it because it is such a like experience to see. I mean, it's why people are screaming, you know, and why, you know, it's tickets are selling for years in advance. It's such an extraordinary, uh, it's such an extraordinary piece of theater and it's so unique and I was so moved by the ingenuity of it. That's how it started. I started crying in the first 10 minutes because I just, it's like Lynn has just like blown open the windows and doors and completely rewritten the rules. And that I just found like, yes. Yeah. When you, when you, when you see, so I see, I'm obsessed with theater. I love theater. I've grown up with theater. And then you see something that you've never seen before. You're like, it's so exciting! It's so exciting, mm. and so that, and so then I saw the show, and then I, I couldn't believe that I got to be in it. And I'm only on stage for nine minutes in the show. It's like this very unique role, um, and so I would off Broadway watch the show every day from the like backstage area because I would just watch it and be like, what is this? How did he write this? What? I, and I'm still like here. I still hear. I don't know how he did it. I I, I don't know if he knows how he. Did, I'm sure he does, but like. It's so dense, and you could listen to it a million times and never get sick of it, and I feel lucky to be in it. It's Jonathan Groff joining us here on The Jolt. I'm Larry Flake. So tell me something. Mm -hmm. um, people go to movies and music and theater and books because they hear something that they want to weave into their lives. And... Um, the thing that's really kind of insane about you is that you keep picking projects that weave themselves into people's lives, like that people feel not just, you know, oh, I really like that. It's like they're obsessed with it, whether it be Frozen, Spring Awakening, looking, you know, I mean, looking, not the biggest of your projects, but you know that those of us who love looking, it's like religion for people, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and now you're in heaven. So what... What what wove itself into your life? Because you you have to you have to have that in your life in order to know how to give it to people. Mm. Um, that's a great question. I feel like I I really like to work on things that I feel personally connected to, and I think that that comes across. And and like with Frozen, for example, Bobby and Kristen who wrote the music, and Chris and Jen who co-wrote and directed the film they're so personally invested in that they like they put their like blood 
and heart and guts and soul on the line to make that movie. And it's very, it's a personal thing for them. Lynn with Hamilton and Tommy and, you know, everybody, it's a very personal, it's a very personal experience for them. And I think Spring Awakening for us was very personal. And I think that, I think maybe that when, you know, a group of people work together on something that means a lot to them and it's not just a job, I think that that comes through. And I think that that's what, and like you said, looking, we didn't have like a huge audience, but the people that picked up on it, picked up on that like energy that we were putting into it. It's like when you really care about something and you really put all of yourself into it, whether or not it's a big success or not, the people that do end up finding it can feel that. See, looking for is going to, I, I believe very strongly in my heart that looking is going to be for gay men what my so-called life was for teenage girls. Mm. Oh my God, I love that. It is. I love that. I, I really sincerely believe it. It's the kind of show you have to kind of go back and watch mm. and watch it in, in one go because it actually plays like a really great long movie. Mm-hmm, uh, mm. And I, you know, because remember my so-called life was the show that people really talked about, but there are a lot of people, who, it, it didn't last because yeah, people yeah. didn't watch it. Yeah, yeah. And now, and you know, there were years of like, how do we get them all back together? How do we get them all back together, right? You know, right. They're still calling Claire Danes. Poor woman won't do interviews because right. <laughs> she doesn't want to talk about my so-called life. <laughs> Trust me. I tried to get her on the show. She won't come on because she's afraid I'm going to ask her about that. Um, <laughs> I bet she'd love it. She'd probably love you know. Well, those... now she would because yeah, she's yeah. It's, you know, proven that she's more than that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But so – I just I can't. What, what can you tell us about the movie? I have like two minutes left with you before I have to before we have to give you away to someone. Oh god, that went so fast. I um, know, I know, and, and you have to please come back. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, what can I tell you about the movie? Uh, when we got picked up for the movie, I was I was excited to go back, and I was heartbroken that we didn't get a full season that we got a movie instead, mm-hmm. and so it was a little bittersweet the news. Uh, And it was bittersweet all the way up until I read the script. And I read the script and I was like, oh, it's incredible. The Andrew Haig, uh, who has this movie out called 45 Years, which Mm -hmm. you have to see, that is so good, that comes out in a couple weeks. Uh, And Michael Lannon, who's our original creator of the show, um, wrote this script and they managed somehow, this is what I could tell you about the movie, they managed somehow to include, find a way story-wise to include all of the characters and cover a lot of ground uh, without it seeming contrived. And I, I, when I read the movie, it, it, I found it so moving. I mean, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the show was always billed as a comedy and it was always sort of like, is it a comedy or is it just like kind of a half hour of looking? Mm-hmm. You know, who's to say whether it's a comedy or not? And this movie, it lives in the world of of the show, but it uh, it's also kind of its own entity, and it and it it's just uh, so beautifully written. And I, we just got done filming it, and I hope that we did the script justice because it it I, on the page was extraordinary, and it felt like it felt like the correct way to sort of close the chapter. All right. I think we're all in, right? I think we're all in. So the the question is, how many times have you rehearsed your Oscar speech? Oh, let's see. Zero times. Zero times? Yeah. You should start rehearsing Zero it. times. Okay. Because I think it's in your future, don't you? Think? Really? An Oscar? All right, great. You don't think so? Someday? Listen, if you're... Uh, listen, sure, I'll take it. 
If someone hands me an Oscar, I'm not going to say no. I predict that Jonathan Groff will cry when he gets his Oscar. Because I predict, because I think what we, you know, you're like, you're a heart, you're a crier, aren't you? How do you know that? I yes. could just tell, you're a crier. Oh, God. Now it's good. Now this is where the interview turns and you start to see the real. I know. See, and just now you, and so <laughs> you're, get, you you're, you're getting yeah. out just in time. Exactly. But <laughs> that means you're going to come back and I'm going to get you alone and receive. It's always, <laughs> when there are other people in the room, it has to stay like. I'm going to get you, my pretty. Because <laughs> he's a crier, right? I you're am. a crier. Yeah. I totally am. Yeah, I'm a big crybaby. But you're not an annoying crier. Okay, good. But you walk around and everything reminds you of a song. <laughs> my God, are you in my head right now? What's happening? But are, is that true? Yeah. Does everything remind you of a song? It, a lot of things do, yeah. <laughs> Stick around, y'all. He's going to get... I, Crack him like an egg. <laughs> Jonathan, thank you. Thank you. Stick around, there's more to come.